hello. Thank you for tuning in. Is this a tune in? I don't think it's a tune in anymore. That's definitely the 80s, 70s and 80s baby in me listening to the radio, tuning in, <laughs> tuning in for the top five at five or whatever it is, whatever countdown I was waiting to record my favorite song and making sure I spliced it just right next to the song before it. That was good times. Today I wanted to talk about, um, I've been listening to this book called Boundary Boss and I hope you do too. I think it's a wonderful um, read really for anyone, men and women or non-binary or one of the other types of people. It's good for all people. All the people, all the humans should listen <laughs> and read to this book, read this book whether you are a person that um, struggles with boundaries or you are a person that, uh, well, meaning if you're a person that struggles with allowing people to overstep their boundaries with you or if you are, in fact, a boundary overstepper. And I believe I've been a little bit of both in my time. She was talking about, you know, Physical boundaries, emotional boundaries, sexual boundaries. And I think, you know, when I look back, obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, um, And there is definitely, you know, three versions of whatever interaction. Your version, the other person's version, and God's version of what happened. And typically, you know, I like to think most people want to tell the truth and they're telling it from their perspective, um, which is why I think when I talk about things that happened in, in my marriage, um, in case you're just tuning in, I was married for 20 years and I woke up and told him right before Thanksgiving in 2000, uh, 2018, yeah, 2018, that I no longer wanted to be married to him. And that was that. And I gave him a long list of why. And he understood. And he fought me a little bit on it. And then was like, oh, nope, this woman has made a decision. And I'm going to agree with her. So I think half of the battles in my life have been because I did not want to have uncomfortable conversations with people. I didn't want to tell people that I was angry with them. I didn't want to tell people that I had my feelings hurt. Um, because I think when I was little, I... Anger was not allowed. Um... Joy was honored. Um, sadness was honored in, in a way that, strange enough, um, I almost wasn't allowed to be sad either because there were times where I would be sad about something and it was turned into, well, you're just ungrateful. You're ungrateful. How dare you be sad? There are children starving in Asia that would love to eat, 
I don't know what it was, sauerkraut or whatever. How dare you, you know, being forced to finish your plate or whatever. And this is not saying my parents are abusive people. They just did what they could with the tools that they had at the time, period. I love them. I love their journey. I honor their journey as they've come a long way with me. We grew up together. And I'm just telling my experience. I don't want anybody to write them and tell them they're awful people. I'm not going to charge them with crimes of abuse and neglect because that's not what I'm talking about here. This is a journey. And this is the journey of me and them. Um, but I, I remember not not being, I'm not allowed to be sad. I'm not allowed to be, um, <clears throat> you know, I was told how to feel in a, in certain occasions. And even though I felt ill about things, I was told, no, you should be happy. You know, you should be happy that you have X, Y, and Z because other children starving in China, it was always the starving children in China or Africa, one of the two. Um, <laughs> But, and I should be grateful. How dare I not be grateful for what I have? And those little things, when you're a child, you know, you're just struggling for your own basic needs. You don't have the mental capacity for gratitude, I don't believe. Um... Not when you're as little as what I can remember. So being grateful because someone was giving me attention, um, even though it may have felt uncomfortable. And not expressing that it made me uncomfortable because then that would mean I'm ungrateful for that attention. I'm ungrateful that someone was being nice to me. When the reality was they weren't being nice, they were being um, coercive and lewd. And then as I moved into my teens, it was kind of, kind of the same thing. I would, you know, I can remember one time moving back a little bit in my preteens, I can remember one time being at school and I had, you know, the markers or whatever, and we're sitting and I think it was like fourth grade. I remember my teacher, she was my favorite teacher. Um, she had a wonderful smile, crooked teeth, short hair, fun, dangly, artsy, fartsy earrings, kind of looked, um, she always wore these like long draped clothes. I mean, she was just, she was just very cool. Um, and I remember this girl kept asking to use my stuff and then she would not give it back. And she asked it over and over again. And finally, one day I said, no. You know, these are mine. I want to use them. You know, you have some in your bag or whatever. We, our desks were like sit together, like in like a little pot or whatever. And I can remember telling her no. And that was like, honestly, that was the first time I felt like I, when I was thinking about boundaries and ever wondering if I had one, that was the time where I had like the gumption to stand up for myself 
And this girl had several siblings older. And she wasn't always the nicest person. Um, she just wasn't. And so for me to kind of hold my own and tell her, no, you can't use these. These are mine. You know, I, I, I want them, you know, I need to use them for my project. She was like, well, my sister will take care of that. Meaning that she was going to tell her sister that I wouldn't share my stuff with her. And then her sister would beat me up. Who was known to chronically beat up children all the time. So I stood up for myself and then I was like, okay, I'm going to have to tell the teacher. So I told the teacher and then they of course proceeded to move her out of my pod and put her in with another pod, you know, and it was like, I think I even wrote her a note. I think I even wrote, I couldn't even tell my teacher, like I had to write her a note and give it to her like on the sly. And yeah, that was the first time I felt like I could like be assertive. And I don't know what it was about that day, but I did. And I never heard about it again. Um, there were times that I would walk down the hall and she would be standing with her sister and her and sister would just, her sister would like stand there and like give us, give me like the evil eye and stuff like that. But, um, you know, being able to stand up in your own and for yourself and say no, simply because you want to say no, it is so hard. I mean, to this day, I still struggle with it to this day it has affected my friendships it has affected my um my sexuality for real it's affected my sexuality and my love relationships like partnerships it's affected my jobs um, and a lot of times it's affected my familial life because I would cut people, I would just cut people off instead of having the conversation that maybe it was some truth that they needed to hear. I just cut people out of my life and said, no, I'm not, I'm not talking to this person anymore. I'm not talking to them because I don't want to tell them that they're being selfish. I don't want to tell them because in my mind, it's like, well, even if I tell them it's going to go back to that little girl in my mind saying, you don't have the right to feel this way. You don't have the right to be angry at me because I selfishly want this for myself. You don't have the right to be angry. And so, how dare you have your feelings hurt? It's something so small. So I... I struggled with this for so long. Familial things especially. I cut out, you know, an aunt because I was tired of dealing with a Christmas gathering in which it was high stress. It was her timeline and no one's timeline. Um, it didn't matter that I had small children and I wanted to be at home and doing, you know, my own thing. We had to go to her house because it was her tradition and it was her holiday. And that's what she said. Christmas is my holiday. 
I want to have this for my son, who was like 10 years younger than myself. But in the meantime, I have these two little babies that I'm trying to like shuffle all over the place, driving all over. And my dad would always be upset about something there too. So it was always just like one big shit show of Christmas and stress and I'm tired of it. I'm, I don't, you know, I wanted to have this tradition of having, I think I had, honestly, because of my lack of boundaries, I have no traditions with my kids because I was too busy people pleasing and making sure that we had Christmas with my, the father of my children's parents and making sure we had Christmas with my aunt and her kids and making sure my parents and I had Christmas. I, mean, I had no boundaries to be able to say, screw you guys, I'm making traditions for my children and my husband. As I'm talking myself through this, I realize this is like a long ongoing thing, but it's so true. It's shown up so many times. It's shown up in my job. I didn't want to have discussions about things that I didn't feel comfortable doing. And so I would just like do them and do them poorly because I didn't feel comfortable doing them. It would show up in dealing with, you know, uh, poor conversations or low vibrational conversations that weren't in the best interest of the team. And I wouldn't say anything. I would just like walk away and be like, that person is never going to change. So I'm going to let them gossip. I'm going to let them say, you know, horrible things. I'm just going to walk away from it and not listen to it. So that's how I'm going to deal with it. But the reality is I should have been like, hold up, sister. Your words and your actions are not conducive to the team mentality and the culture of our office. And this is in multiple offices. This happened at Ponderosa. So don't even get, you know, get it twisted. It happened all the time. Boundaries. And sometimes just to be, feel like I was involved, I would, you know, I would do it too. Say things about people and just so gross. Because it was like the only way I felt like I was involved. The reality is we don't need to be involved in all of that stuff. Involved in the chaos, involved in the drama, involved in the love life, involved in the gossip. Boundaries for me and my friends is I don't want to hear gossip. I don't want to hear a tearing down of that thought, <laughs> which we're going to do a whole, I'm going to do a whole other episode on that term, that hoe over there, thought. We're going to talk about that term. We're going to talk about who made it up and we're going to talk about what it means and what it means to someone that, to the person that is calling someone else that and the person that is the thought. But back to boundaries. My dating life, I can remember, you know, allowing men to, and boys to convince me that it was okay to allow them to touch me inappropriately or in ways I did not want to be touched. Sexual boundaries, 
broken. And even into my dating life post, um, post divorce, you know, I got to the point where, and I'm happy to say that my body count is less than 10. So, you know, I, for me, I could have easily, you know, ran around and just gave my body away to anybody who would give me some sort of validation. But I knew that would not make me happy. And in fact, as an abuse, you know, someone who was attacked when they were a child and abused, it, you know, I knew that would not make me happy. I love intimacy. I love, you know, the sharing of bodies, but it has to be on certain terms. And I think it has to be on certain terms of not just me and my boundaries, but my partner and their boundaries. And if they have no boundaries, oh my God, it's even worse. Men have no boundaries too at times. And they're running around, you know, putting themselves in every, you know, boundaryless woman <laughs> that walks around them. And they're still like, oh, I'm so unhappy. Ugh. And they're running the same game on every woman. And the woman is running the same game on every dude. Well, if I sleep with them, if he makes this much money, I'll sleep with them. And then I will, you know, capture him and then... Hopefully he'll love me forever and we'll get married and that'll be that. And then I will be stable and he will be stable and we'll be happy at the end. It's not the way it works. We do not capture people with our vaginas. <laughs> Nor do you with your penises, men who are listening to this. It's not how this world works. It's not how the best world works. Boundaries set up perfect limits for intimacy and connection with everyone, whether it's a lover, a friend. Family member, boss. So if you haven't read that book, I highly suggest you do. If you are starting your life all over again, I highly recommend you do because you're literally rewriting what she says, the guidebook to you. And who is the better holder of the guide and writing that guidebook to you than you? I love to say no now and mean it. And when I get, you know, butterflies around people, I've kind of shifted my thinking to that listening, listening to what they're saying. And I can tell if it's lies or if maybe they're nervous. And why are they nervous? Because they're telling lies. (laughs) People shouldn't tell you their life story the first time you meet them. They shouldn't type it out in a message either. Boundaries. Having boundaries to slowly get to know someone. 
or slowly break off from someone or immediately break off from someone having boundaries. That sets the tone for how to deal with you. Thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. Toodaloo.